0: Cousins heaves to the end zone on fourth down. There are no flags as Zilstra comes down empty-handed. And this game is over. Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. I hope you're here to commiserate after the game on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings 2018 season is over. They lose to the Chicago Bears at home 24-10. We'll stay at home debating what the hell happened this fall. Chicago ends the season at 12-4 as the NFC's 3 seed. They'll be representing the NFC North alone, sweeping their purple rivals and knocking them out. They'll play the defending champion Eagles in Chicago next Sunday. Minnesota at 8-7-1 was the epitome of average this year. They never won more than three in a row, never lost more than two in a row. It was up, down, up, down, up, down, a roller coaster season that ends low. Our Vikes will pack up the locker room while Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman start to figure out what to do in the offseason. They'll have the 18th pick in the 2019 draft. Another listless performance by the Vikings offense. Four straight three and outs to start the game, five straight punts, three first half points. The fourth game this year where the Vikings didn't score a first half touchdown, they lost all four. It didn't get better later. Defensive penalties on Chicago was Minnesota's primary mode of ball movement. The defense had their moments, but they started and ended weakly. Three drives of 71, 75, and 85 yards allowed all ended on touchdowns, featuring multiple third down conversions, a rare sight at US Bank Stadium. With the offense struggling, the D had to have an excellent performance. They didn't. Our Purple played in a now or never game. We said it all December. They controlled their own destiny. They won the games needed to put themselves in that win and you're in position. Week 17 was the time to make good on that destiny, and they failed mightily. All that build up just to not show up on the last day. We can sugarcoat it a lot of ways, we will later, but the bottom line remains they had to make the playoffs at the least. All should look at 2018 as a disappointment. A failure? That's debatable, but it's a disappointment at the least. There's no way to spin that. That doesn't mean it's all bad. It's another winning season, an average season, and with average comes both good and bad. Hot takes will be flying, but I just want to stress a couple things before we get into this particular game flow. It was never acceptable to hope for a Philadelphia loss against Washington. That was never going to happen. The goal was to win this game, make the playoffs, and do so in a style that gave us hope in the playoffs. To lay an egg with so much on the line proves this wasn't a playoff-ready team. Also, I'm somewhat thankful that the issues which plagued Minnesota in Week 17 were the same ones we saw all year. There wasn't an uncharacteristic meltdown like in 2017. All problems, from quarterback to offensive line to run defense, reared their ugly head today. Our Purple couldn't flip the script. An average team with no big-time accomplishments comes up short a paper giant that didn't come close to passing the test. Now the game flow was sad, the score felt huge, bigger than a 14-point loss, probably because losing by 14 in a must-win game generates huge letdown when the team no-shows. The offense put in a carbon copy of Week 16 against Detroit. One difference is they came up passing, at least. After failing to establish the run last week, they recognized their struggles, and Chicago's stout run defense switched up the game plan to focus on the pass. It was to no avail. Kirk went 1-3 for for three yards on the opening possession. The second possession got Dalvin Cook involved. Runs on first and second down made it third and three. That's when Kirk took a sack. Eddie Goldman destroyed Tom Compton to generate immediate pressure. With Minnesota down 7-0, we've seen enough offensive disappearances that after back-to-back three and outs, the panic meter started to rise. Desperate now, Jaron Ron Curse almost recovered a Tariq Cohen muffed punt, but didn't. A turnover and drive that started in field goal range might have jump-started the offense, but you can't count on those plays. On drive number three, they never got going. Mike Remmers comes off his block of Akeem Hicks too early. Dalvin's tackled for no gain. Following a five-yard dump on second down to Kyle Rudolph, Kirk feels the pressure and throws a Stephon Diggs short of the sticks. Just nothing dynamic from the offense. Same story on the fourth drive. Nothing's working. The feel and jet motion run doesn't work. The delayed screen pass to Cook doesn't work. The third and twelfth pass doesn't cook. Tom Compton holds. Kirk gets sacked almost for a safety. Come on. There's no fire, only confusion. They didn't look like a unit that embraced the challenge. Who's going to wake this offense up? Where are the captains? Kirk, Kyle, Riley? Someone on the offense has to demand excellent from it. Just like Detroit, our vice go down two scores after four three and outs. Did they step it into gear after that? No Hail Mary this time. They finally get a first down on their fifth drive, but it doesn't last. Quarterback and offensive line letting us down in a major way. Kirk missed his first of several deep shots. Remmers holding and races a third down conversion. Kirk checks down on third and 16. Next drive, their sixth drive, the Vikings finally end the scoring drought. Not in a way that inspired confidence. They worked across midfield, but the key play of the drive came through penalty. A 15-yard face mask that put our bikes in field goal range. Bailey slots it to make it 13-3 at halftime. Cousins went 4-6 for six for 17 yards on this scoring drive. The Bears didn't let up after halftime. Just like that, Minnesota's best hope for a win vanished. Second best hope again, Bears penalties. First drive of the second half had two third down conversions, both by penalty. Now Latavius Murray bursted for a nice 20-yard run on this drive. They did convert a key fourth down. I actually really loved the play call on the touchdown to Diggs. Receivers flowing right, but Stefan coming back to the left. Kirk hangs in long enough to find his open man. 13-10, down by three with the season on the line. The season was already over. That's all she wrote for the offense in 2018. 15 plays over the next three drives all came up empty. 59 combined yards, they could barely even rack up garbage time stats after Chicago pulled their starters. Another lackluster effort in a season full of them. Look y'all, I like a lot of things about the Vikings offense, but above all else, I question their leadership and ability to persevere. Almost every time they met a challenge, they backed down. The defense can be hard to analyze when the offense isn't supporting them. There's no complimentary football happening. Still, the D had arguably their worst home game of the year and when it mattered. They started by allowing big chunk runs on Chicago's first drive, 71 yards on six plays including the 42-yard Jordan Howard run where Anthony Harris missed his gap. That continued with a couple of designed reverses. Then, after a Trey Burton third-down conversion, Howard barrels in the end zone 0-7. Afterwards, the defense shored up, forcing Chicago to punt on their next two possessions. Those plays included a great run stop by Sheldon Richardson, important tackles by Trey Waynes, Holton Hill, and Eric Wilson. It looked like the D had regained form and would keep it a one-score game. But following the Vikings' fourth offensive failure, the Bears' offense got back on track. They ripped off a 10-play, 85-yard drive. Minnesota had them stopped. Mitch's deep ball on 3rd and 11 fell harmlessly, but Steven Weatherly gets caught with a soft roughing the passer call. Five plays later, Chicago goes long ball again and registers the big play. Taylor Gabriel over Holton Hill down to the 1-yard line. Howard punches it in, and Minnesota is in a 2-score gap we knew they couldn't recover from. The biggest letdown from Zimmer's defense, though, came in the second half. Down by only three, Chicago marched on a 16-play, 75-yard drive that drained over nine minutes of clock. Minnesota allowed five third-down conversions on the drive, just couldn't get off the field for every reason imaginable. They lost contain on Trubisky. They committed an illegal contact penalty. They allowed an easy catch in front of soft coverage. They even allowed the two-point conversion on a trick play after the touchdown. 21-10 Bears. We shouldn't focus on the penalties that held this team back. We should focus on the team's lack of ability to overcome those penalties. That's one of many signs that it wasn't meant to be this year. A defense that overall put in a good effort but had nothing left. The Zim Reapers weren't elite in 2018. Unfortunately, elite play is the only thing that was going to give the Purple offense enough chances to win games. Now, should we expect elite defense, or should both units be pulling equal weight in Minnesota? I'm not sure us fans agree on the answer to that question. I'm not even sure Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman have figured that out. Definitely a discussion to have in the long offseason that awaits. Looking at the key playmakers for both teams, I asked before the game if Kirk Cousins would outplay Mitchell Trubisky. Some laughed at the idea, but Mitchell was a better quarterback in Week 11 in Soldier Field. He was a better quarterback today, too. Nowhere near a world beater, but he evaded many sacks, executed the offense, and showed off on third downs. The entire Vikings defensive line had a silent day, looked like there was more contained, game plan to not rush Mitch but keep him in the pocket, force the throws to beat them. Trubisky did enough. Even though Tariq Cohen was quiet, Jordan Howard thrashed Minnesota, 109 yards and 5.2 yards per carry. Quiet day from Lindvall and Anthony Barr. Combined, those team captains had three tackles, In terms of success rate, Minnesota has struggled to stop the run all year long. That didn't usually create a big problem until today. Taylor Gabriel led the game with 61 yards receiving, 40 of them coming on one play. Nothing special from Chicago's passing game, only enough to exhibit balance throughout the affair. Who the heck is Javon Wims, and why did he have such a good drive against our corners? Finally, Trey Burton also flashed. Not a lot of yardage, but he picked up several key first downs on third down. For the Vikings, Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs were outdone by Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, and Javon Wins. That's really sad, y'all. Both phases for Minnesota embarrassed today. It's apparent in the game flow, but let's make it clear how badly Minnesota's offensive line lost today. Kirk was exposed to a 52% pressure rate, which is insanely high, and multiple runs were dead on arrival. We need to ask why the Vikings went all season long with Remmers and Compton. Were Brett Jones and Danny Isadora really that bad? Did the early injuries and new offensive line coaches deter them from switching things up later in the year? Minnesota's 2017 guards Joe Berger and Nick Easton look like studs right now. Then there's Kirk Cousins. Perk's a good football player, but what we saw today should generate long-term concerns, especially the lack of intangibles. They kill me. We have a quarterback who can't operate without play action. We have a quarterback who can't get on the same page with his stud receivers. We have a quarterback who inspires none of the players in the huddle. On the injury front, the Vikings played this game without Xavier Rhodes, Eric Hendricks, and Marcus Sherrod's. Note how the offense played at full strength, but still only scored 10 points. That's pretty pathetic. We should be able to expect a boost in play as healthy starters return. Now, the Bears didn't pass well, so we can't say Xavier was missed. Maybe Eric Kendricks, though. Wilson played solid. Ben Gideon played a lot of snaps. I'd really like to see Barr, Kendricks, and Wilson as a base 4-3 linebackers. We're headed towards the offseason, though, so that could be a pipe dream. Finally, Laquan Treadwell returned from a healthy scratch and caught one 7-yard pass in garbage time. That's all I care to say about that. So the 2018 season is over and there's a ton to talk about. Unfortunately, there's plenty of time for it too. We knew 2018 wasn't going to be easy. We expected a tougher road and got it. The surprising part of the year is Minnesota's inability to rise to those challenges. Tough opponents always caught them by surprise. That's why we need to talk about the first Green Bay game. I think this team peaked right before Dan Carlson's first missed field goal in overtime of that game. On the road against what was considered a very tough opponent... They struggled but worked through issues both on offense and defense. At Lambeau Field, the defense didn't allow a second-half touchdown. The offense scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. They got punched, then they punched back. That gave us confidence they would be in all the tough games down the line. Then Dan Carlson missed those kicks. That gave us a false scapegoat and an unearned sense of confidence. Just get a new kicker and let's ride, we thought. We thought we had a defense that would keep us in any game and an offense that would generate clutch scoring. Looking back, we can say the Green Bay game gave us a lot of false hope. Minnesota is in the playoffs, if not for that tie, both literally and figuratively. Now we saw some great moments the defense and their 10 sack performance against the Lions, the offense turning it on versus Miami. I thoroughly enjoyed watching our Purple play the Rams live back in week four one of the games of the year. We have young risers, Brian O'Neill, Anthony Harris, Mackenzie Alexander, and Steven Weatherly. We can look forward to that in 2019. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs provide fall pleasure on a weekly basis. We'll always have their backs. Like I said before, an 8-7-1 season has positives and negatives. Which should we focus on? I'll leave that up to you. Thanks for listening, guys, and as always, Skull Vikes.